welcome back to Barn Banter with Cowboy Andy, the podcast for children's musicians, by children's musicians, or the podcast for musicians who play for kids by a musician who plays for kids, which seems really strange. As I said, oh, I think I probably said this in the last podcast too, which was, oh, it feels really weird being a, saying that I'm a musician who plays for kids who doesn't play for kids anymore. <laughs> But I'm going to play for kids again someday. Someday. Oh, is this a funny side note? So you know I'm a runner. Jesse, you're just gonna have to sit through this. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm. We have, yeah, I'm all special, ears. We have a special guest uh, today. It's uh, Jesse Freeberg, Jesse Jukebox, and we'll be talking to him as soon as I get done gassing at length. So anyway, I was on. I was going for a run the other day, and um, I was running up the little valley here, and some of the neighbors just got goats. They built this huge paddock. And this, they were they were working on it for weeks. They they built this huge paddock up in the woods, and all these fences. And then they built all these weird like tables that were stacked on top of tables. It was like this weird wooden pyramid, and it was totally cool. And I had no idea what they were doing. I know they had a couple small children, and I was like, oh, that does not look like a safe thing for children to play on. Looks really tall and teetery, but whatever. And then um, I was running by, and suddenly I heard goats. They had two baby goats who were just brand new. And every time I run by, they're, uh, they're down about 15, 20 feet below the road in this field through all these trees and stuff. And the goats are always playing on that play thing that they, they built. But every time I go running by, the goats will stop what they're doing, freeze, and just look up at me and just start doing that. Mah, 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 mah. And so as I'm, always, I'm running by and I'm always going like, hey, kids. <laughs> and I think I'm so funny. And then I'll go and I'll turn around. I'll go for a couple miles. I'll turn around. I'll come back and, uh, rah, rah, and I'll go, see you later, kids. <laughs> I've got to be the biggest dork in the whole valley. But you are cool. in the right business because that is the ultimate dad joke. I know. Was- I know. And I'm wondering if any of the neighbors, I'm hoping like some of the neighbors across the street and stuff are like, oh, there he is again. Yeah. Oh, man, that guy. <laughs> Probably they know him. Uh, had to get that out because was thinking about being a kid's musician, a musician who only plays for goats. Just how funny that would be. I think you might be honest on that. You should not be saying this on the air though. You have to keep those ideas to yourself because someone could run with that. I, I really, I'm a little concerned for you, Cowboy Andy. <laughs> Did you sign the disclaimer? You had to sign that like, on disclosure before we, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Don't tell anybody this is only going to be on the podcast, right? <laughs> I, um, so I apologize. Uh, for going on that tangent at the beginning of the Please podcast don't. with you. But today I'm super excited because we have Jason, uh, Jesse Friedberg aboard in the barn to chat with us about, oh boy, all sorts of things. Yeah. I've never I've never met you uh, personally. I've heard a little bit of your music. I've heard a, a, quite a few cool things about you. And so I'm kind of excited about this. Oh. I usually try and do like a total deep dive, tons of research and stuff. And I know that you've been recently on a few other podcasts. Yeah. And I, I decided not to listen to those podcasts. I know some of the basic things about you. You're from, uh, or you're in Cleveland, Ohio. Yes. I used to live in Pittsburgh. So I've been to Cleveland. Oh, I know, all right. I know Cleveland. Um, I know that you, uh, you went to Berkeley College of Music. I did. I believe that you... Did you actually, did you get a master's from Berkeley? No, um, I just got my bachelor's from Berkeley, but I did get a master's in early childhood education from uh, Ursuline College in okay. Cleveland. Okay, so yeah, yeah, and this is kind of the cool thing, because you got your, you went to Berkeley and you studied jazz uh, to a uh, certain extent? Mo- 
Most, yeah, I mean, it's a jazz conservatory, but I uh, found myself focused more on the songwriting and and listening to more like uh, like Nashville Skyline kind of bands oh, and getting wow. kind of into the country uh, writing side of Berkeley that they have. They have a little small little section of Berkeley. It's a bunch of country musicians. Uh-huh. And I got really into that side and I kind of found myself steering away from jazz and more into the singer songwriter, um, alt country, weird Berkeley alt country music scene that they have there. Wow. Okay. So we're going to come back to that for sure. You went from that then to uh, Ursuline College and then got your uh, master's in early childhood education. Yeah. So how, how does that work? Like what, what drove you to that? end well after uh berkeley i was playing in a band for a while called hazard adams and we were like a cow punk um alt rock band mm-hmm. and i was the primary songwriter and lead singer and we recorded one record and we you know and of course at the time i was still like working at like a burger place and you know just make you live in the dream of a musician and um after a while of doing that, um, I just wanted to try to find a different path. And I mean, a thousand things happened in between that time, of course, but to kind of fast forward a little bit so I don't bore the listeners with my life story, um, I uh, found myself starting to work with children a lot. Like when I was in college, I was doing it just to make extra money during uh, like playing like kids' birthday parties and stuff like that. And realizing, Hey, I'm like actually really good at this. And um, while I was playing with my rock band, I started playing out as a children's musician. I wasn't going by Jesse jukebox or anything. I was just being me. And um, I would play with like, um, do you know, do you know Stacy Peasley? Yes. I used to uh, work with her in Boston. Okay. Um, so she actually, she's awesome. She actually um, got me to really start considering seriously of making, like working with children and, and uh, having children's music be like my career. Hmm. Um, she started, she started off um, being a teacher for music for aardvarks and she like had a franchise in Boston. So I started working for her and then I would be her guitar player in some of her gigs. And um, but once I left, uh, Boston, I, I eventually moved back to Cleveland. Um, I still really wanted to work with kids and I started, um, working with kids who come from the inner city mm-hmm. and work and don't have a lot of resources. And I guess like, I just wasn't, I wasn't, I, you know, I was, wasn't sure what I would really want to be doing with my life and my career with like do music for doing music forever. Um, and I really, but I knew that I really wanted to work with kids that was super important to me. And I want to make a difference in w- how they're learning and how they're developing. And I thought the best way I think I can do that is becoming a teacher. Hmm. So mm-hmm. I decided to kind of, I, I went like a completely like 180, you know, I mean, I was used to, you know, playing gigs out till four in the morning and, and then waking up and playing children's gigs at, 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 at seven, eight in the morning. And, um, and then I went to like, you know, in a classroom wearing a tie and it was a really weird thing, but I did this program through Ursuline college um, where they put me in a school in a charter school in Cleveland. So I was working with kids who I felt I could really help make a difference with. 
Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I, I got so I went to this accelerated program, got my master's in early childhood education, was a teacher for a couple of years, and then realized, oh, wait, <laughs> I miss playing music. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, I, I I feel like everyone has different stories how they get to different places in their lives, and it never ends, it's never final. And so um, I took, I decided, okay, I need to combine what I love about music and working with, and what I love about working with kids. And I need to go back to being a full-time kids musician. So I stopped teaching. Um, and I devoted from then on out, I'd just been devoting my entire career. My, my life right now is all about working, playing, making music, helping and work. Yeah. Working with kids. Hmm. You have uh, a different uh, or it, it seems as if you might have a slightly different approach too with your online sessions. So like right now we're mm-hmm. all still kind of, we're all shut down. We don't have any gigs. Yeah. I'm assuming, do you have, have you, do you have any gigs? Um, okay. So I played like really recently, I played one gig for one child because <laughs> this, it was, it was, it was kind of weird. They, um, not weird. It was, it, it was great because they, so I've been doing like Facebook live sessions and um, so like three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 11 a.m. I'm, I'm on Facebook live. Like a lot of kids musicians right now are doing that mm-hmm. we know we are talking to. And uh, so one mom like emailed me that lives in Cleveland. She said, Hey, um, my daughter loves you. She loves your music. She's turning two, And I don't know if you would be willing to do this, but we're having like it, we're, we're throwing her up. I'm using air quotes party. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's her, the parents and the grandparents. And they're like, we're, we take this, we're taking COVID super seriously. We're all going to wear masks. We're going to be outside. It, and I, you know, my whole thing about not, I did not want to play any children, like live children's gigs because I, everyone has their own reason. Personally for me, I don't want to be responsible for spreading anything. Cause I've seen kids try to social distance and they, I, I would love to meet the child who's like really great at social distancing. And mm-hmm. it's just not, it's not in their, it's just not in their blood yet. It's just not what they're used to doing and I can't blame them, but I don't want to be responsible for like a, a group of children seeing me at a performance. And then if someone has it and they spread it and then it spreads, like I, I, my guilt, I am a guilty, feel guilty all the time by nature. I just couldn't, I couldn't handle it. So, but anyways, I said, well, how many kids are there going to be? And she's like, just one. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I could do that. And like, and like, we're all going to social distance. And, and I was like, yeah, I mean, I have to be like 10 feet away. So I, you know, since I'll be singing, I don't want to, mm-hmm. you know, but, and so, yeah, it was, went to their house. Um, they were like 20 feet away and I played for this one child. She just wanted to hear like a couple, she wanted to hear some of my original tunes, but more interested in me like playing baby shark mm-hmm. a few times. And it was the easiest gig I ever played. It was, it was so much fun. I like, and I don't know if it was because I haven't played a gig in four months or what, but there was magic in that backyard. I'm telling you. Oh, that's great. That seems to be like the only way to the, I think I would be willing to do it too. Yes. And and it does take a certain leap of faith to just to agree to that. We had on the 4th of July, this local farmer's market that we were supposed to play at earlier called up and said, Hey, um, can you play the 4th of July farmer's market? And mm-hmm. I, I was just like, uh, no, no, sorry. Yeah. Because 
we could do it as a band and feel like we were safe. We could do it, and I could probably I could find a way to keep each of the band members safe. But, I, yeah. but like you said, I don't want to be the guy who um, brings fifty people together and right. gets fifty people sick. And they, it's just like, no, yeah. you know what? It's not. Uh, it's not. That's not what's happening for us right now. But exactly. if you can find if you can find that way, you know the um, the drive in concerts, you know. Bring the minivans. Yeah. Everybody parks in the minivans in the in the parking lot. We'll set up the stage and, you know, turn the PA up and maybe, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think everyone has their own boundaries and you got to do what's best for you. You mm-hmm. know, have to just hope. I think right now with what maybe the positive I found with, with, with what's happening right now is it does help you decide who are you putting a leap of faith into, you know? And I think that's to not underestimate and not undervalue. I think right now, like I trust, like for instance, if I'm seeing my parent, um, they are trusting me with their lives. Mm-hmm. And that's a risk. And that's a responsibility. I very, very seriously. So that means I am being very careful with what I'm doing. I am not going to go play a concert for 50 people. I am not going to, you know, I don't, I really do anything. I, <laughs> I don't do anything right now. I just home all the time, <laughs> pretty much. I mean, besides like the, the occasional like backyard happy hours that, you know, sometimes you do with your friends, you know, mm-hmm. in your backyard and everyone has their own way of doing that too sometimes, you know, but I, I think it's really, I think it's really important. So I don't know. I think, I'm rambling now, but I, I, I was, uh, I think every, you know, person who's in this business, every musician, whether you're a children's musician or not, I think everyone's kind of making whatever choices are best for them. Mm-hmm. I think we have to. Yeah. I see behind you, we're doing this via Zoom, although it's only an audio recording. I This beautiful big green screen right behind you. Oh, yeah. I see in the, in the corner the here, you have a nice uh, broadcast studio mic. On your website, you talk about your 30-minute classes, um, teaching, listening, collaboration, fine motor skills, gross motor skills, <laughs> language, expressive and receptive, self-awareness, all can sorts you, of things. So you can you're, how I went to graduate school for I early childhood tell. education? You're, yes, it's, <laughs> the, it's, it's very well organized. It isn't in alphabetical order, so Thank there's you. a hierarchy to it. It's a nice flow to it. Uh, yeah, you did. You went to school, I can tell. Thank you. <laughs> but no, but tell me, it, man. tell me a little bit about what, what's, because uh, I think a lot of people are, I mean, you just go online, check out other musicians for kids, and you can see what they're doing. And, and everyone kind of has a little different take. Hop along, Andrew, out of New York, who mm-hmm. I am not. I'm Cowboy Andy. It's okay. Uh, he's doing his thing. Okay. There's a difference. Yeah. Uh, subtle, just a subtle difference between being two completely different people. But yes. And... Um, you know he's he has a very specific uh, show mm-hmm. that that he does, and uh, you know Joni leads when she does hers. Uh, mm-hmm. Lucy Kalantari she does hers. Everybody's doing kind of different stuff out there. What do you what what do you bring to the table? Oh man, um, I'm still working on it. Honestly, I think I bring myself. You know, I think the best part, I think the funnest part about being a children's musician is that. Unlike other musicians who are doing, you know, whatever other kind of music there is, you are selling yourself and 
the people who are tuning into you, it's because they love you hmm. and they're in, interested in investing in you. So, I mean, I think that whatever, um, you know, Zoom program, virtual program that that we're all doing right now who are in the children's music industry, I think the biggest selling point is yourself. Um, it's how you create your own music scene in whatever city you're in. You know, I think mm-hmm. I always thought like before the pandemic, like, you know, what is the children's music scene like? And if it, it's, it's whatever you make of it, you get to create it because you there's like most likely unless you're in like a city like New York, Chicago, L.A., you probably are one of the very few people who are doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you interact with those families and you create relationships and that's how you, and you build the scene organically. And I find that way with virtual classes. I got my green screen. I do my zoom classes. Now I have, um, I have a fun superhero background usually. And um, I do my original songs. I sent out um, little um, materials kits to all the families. So I like made a little kits of like stickers and rhythm sticks and uh, tambourines and uh, some scarfs to play with. And I made these jukebox kazoos that were like 40 cents a piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like, okay, this is something else I can, you know, along with just myself, like something else I can give you so that you can feel like, oh, we're like doing something a little extra. It, it, I think that right now we're all trying to figure out like, how do we make virtual classes, virtual show, just like an obstacle to jump but like an ass valuable asset to what mm-hmm. we're already doing. I don't, I don't know yet <laughs> what it, what the answer is. <laughs> oh, but that's really but unique. I think, that's the first time I've heard of someone actually putting together a physical package and being like, Oh, you want to subscribe? Cool. This is how we do it. Oh, and you get these things. And yeah. then assuming every time you have your show, you're like, okay, everybody, do you have your kit? Get your scarves. Exactly. Okay, everybody get your rhythm sticks. Here we go. One and two. Mm-hmm. Is that how it works? Yeah. Well, that so that's what I do. Like right now I do these Zoom class personal. You know, I have five families in each class <laughs> and they get these kits. When I was when I'm doing my virtual show Facebook, which are free to anybody who wants to tune in and watch it, I've I've slacked really hard at this because you know, we're all doing the best we can, but at least at the beginning, and I'm still trying to do it is I'll make like little, if I'm not doing a video or a live show, I try to do a really quick video of how homemade instrument. Hmm. So I'll be like, okay, um, we're going to learn how to make a homemade kazoo. And then I'll say, okay, now this is how we made our homemade kazoo. And then the next program will say, okay, did you all make your homemade kazoos? Bring them out now. Hmm. And a one a, another way to find like engagement and i'm trying to make create the expectation the parent and the child that it's not just me for 30 minutes being like hey all right you know there is some engagement involved if you want it to be and if you don't then that that's fine you know <laughs> we're all going through a lot so <laughs> that's not your thing that's totally fine but i'm trying to create that um i'm trying to create that feeling of everyone is a part of this. We're all creating, like we're creating our music scene before COVID. Now we're creating it together in COVID. And what's cool is now it's, oh, I got like people from DC who are watching me. I have people from New York City who are watching me, people from San Francisco and people who are going, oh, I'm going to like, 
I will pay you money to be part of your Zoom class, which is crazy to me. Like, why would anyone pay me to do any of this? Uh, <laughs> but, but they do. And, and, and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm actually worth something. That's awesome. But yeah, I, so I wish I wish I had like the answer. Uh-huh. I don't th- I don't know if anyone I don't know if anyone does. I know people are doing really great stuff out there, though. I know people who are putting in a lot of work and a lot of effort to. Yeah, to yeah. Make this. Uh, there's uh, something that I've uh, I've encountered with uh, folks who do the Facebook shows and are trying to do the Zoom, and that is that they're right about now, or actually it was probably about two or three weeks ago, about the beginning of July. People were really starting to hit fatigue as mm-hmm. far as this new uh, the expectations. We were all not we were all, but I will say we were all we were all very excited when this started to find a way to support our business, ourselves, mm-hmm. each other, I've, and within the community, within this, uh, the children's music community, which is already so beautiful, I felt that there was a, a, a real strong push for, okay, we're going to figure this out. Okay. I'm going to do my yeah. zoom. I'm going to do my Facebook. I'm going to do four shows a week. I'm going to, you know, and they just like really leaned into it. Mm-hmm. And from some of the folks that I've talked to who did that, yeah, boy, it's, this isn't it's what tough. We, this isn't what we were. We could probably tour. You know, you could go on tour as a musician and play a hundred shows in 150 days, and at the end mm-hmm. of it, you'd be like, "Oh man, yeah, that was tough." <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but, but I'm a performer, so it was okay. This is different. Yeah, a different type of exhaustion. How are you holding up? The fatigue is real. Yeah. I think as well as anyone else who has to push through it, there was this actually, there was a New York times article of celebrities who have been doing like their quarantine shows every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember. Someone was doing like a quarantine, Mart- quarantine hour with, uh, I can't remember who it was. And they're like, Oh, like, you know, the, the fatigue is real. And now I've only done it like once this month. And now I've done this and I don't, but I think for people in our industry don't really have that option to slow down. Mm. Um, we, this is our, most of us, like, we're really lucky if this is our main source of income. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that like, unfortunately I, I am, I'm exhausted. I'm and as many of us are for a month and a half. I didn't, I needed all of my proceeds. I, cause I didn't know what was happening. I felt really funny about asking people to pay me. Mm-hmm jobs were uncertain. No one knew what was going to happen. I was like, Oh, I'm in a comfortable spot. I have like savings. I have food in my refrigerator right now. Like I feel funny trying to make money off of this. And so I don't, I, I raised about $2,500 for the greater Cleveland food bank. Mm. And then I raised more money for this organization called MedWorks, which is about, um, helping provide free medical care for people who can't. Mm-hmm. And after months of still being, well, we're still in this and, oh, I'm getting really tired of eating cereal every night. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, okay. We have to, I have to like be able to accept one, accept tips in a virtual tip jar, mm-hmm. um, which I think, I, I don't know. I definitely would suggest that if you're not if you're listening to this and you're a children's musician you're not doing that i i hope that you consider that it feels kind of weird at first i think but i think now people families who are 
tuning in to watch you are invested in you because they love you mm-hmm. um, and they're happy to help you if they can. Um, and also, you know, finding out, okay, now I got to do these, you know, trying to figure out how do I do a virtual class like so many others and make it work. I feel like I kind of got into it a little bit late. Hmm. I feel like people who started doing the virtual classes, like started kind of earlier on during the pandemic. And I think that was really smart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, ne- Cause now even families are sick of zoom. They're sick of, yes. you know, they're sick of the, and I don't blame them. I don't blame anybody right now, but like, I think we have, as children's musicians, we find a way where so, children's musicians are some of those creative people I know, mm-hmm. some of those talented people I know. Um, and I know that we will find, we, we have been, we've been finding ways to make it unique and authentic to us. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm hanging in there. It seems I, I I assume you are also hanging in there. You seem like you look good. You, you know, you look like you're. I see you got your studio behind you. Things yeah, like, yeah, sounds yeah. like looks like you've been busy. You know, and I I hope everyone else is. You know, I it's but yeah, it's the fatigue is real. This is gonna pass. Yeah, we're gonna be a bit different, but it's going to we're going to collectively if history is an indicator. We're going to try and get back to what we know as normal, mm-hmm. probably sooner than is a good idea, but we're going to try and do it. Mm-hmm. So probably by this time next year, there won't be the same financial incentive or need necessarily to do these live web stream shows. But right. now that you've been doing them, are you going to keep doing them? How are you, are you going to, have you thought about incorporating this <sighs> yeah. as part of another leg under the table? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, before, um, before the pandemic really became present, I was talking to my fiance and telling her how burnt out I was, um, playing live performances. <laughs> this is all I was your like, fault. This is all your <laughs> fault. Okay. Now we know. Okay. Go on. Oh, it, it is. <laughs> it is. It absolutely is. <laughs> it's absolutely. Oh yeah. I, if I chose this, <laughs> which I've never been the best at making great decisions in my entire life, but I mean, I love, of course I'm like, I felt so grateful. I'm like, Oh my God, I get to make a living playing music. And that is, I am so lucky. Cause I went so long without being able to be able to do that. And I am so, so, so grateful. I can do that. Whether it's performances or classes or, you know, I'm working at a preschools or I'm working for different organizations. Like I do at anything till I can still play music and pay the mortgage. Um, but <laughs> I was getting really burnt out. I found myself getting really frustrated with parents. Um, I found myself, not so many great parents, by the way, um, but I found myself, you know, just like, oh, I wish that I can play. And like, I'm not having to worry about like w- one parent on their phone the whole time. One parent's like having this very loud conversation with somebody else. Like, and I get it because- for a lot of newer parents, probably most, most newer parents, like this is like the time that can be social with another adult. They're most of the time they're around their child all day, which, and I get it, but I, I couldn't help but take it a little, a little personally, you know? And so I was starting to get really burnt down. I'm like, ugh, I have like these four gigs on Saturday. I don't really feel like doing any of them, but I'm going to go do them because that's what I do. 
And then the pandemic happened. I was like, oh, I have to rethink everything. And then I found myself in front of my phone with a microphone playing. And I'm mm-hmm. like, no one is talking to me. <laughs> nobody is is like going like is like talking on the phone or nobody's having like a big loud conversation about why they're mad at their husbands or why they're why they're or why the dad is super mad at their wife and like or whatever like Uh they're (laughs) they're, we're having like i'm able to actually get through a set and i realize oh my god like i can fit in so many more songs in 30 minutes if i just keep it (laughs) (laughs) you're like the ramones you stop and then you're like one two three four and you're just like back right into it all right (laughs) exactly (laughs) oh and 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 so yeah i i do see myself after this like of course i want to get back to live shows like like i said before when i played that birthday party party um in air quotes I really did miss it. Like I really, you know, like I got there and the kid was like, it's Jesse. Oh my God. Like she was so excited. And, oh, and I was, my heart was like, Oh, it just like, it, it was like the Grinch. It grew like 10 times, that mm-hmm, day, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I was like, ah, oh, I do miss this. And like, I miss like the interactions and stuff. Like, so I, I want to find a way to kind of do both that like, Oh, of course I would love to like, go tour and play a bunch of different cities and do all that. And maybe after this, I can do that to a certain extent since I have been building fans in different parts of the country, which I think is great. They can go, Oh, well now, and also here in Cleveland, like I have just now become the, the children's music guy, <laughs> which like you said, I could be saturating, oversaturating myself with mm, it, but Cleveland's pretty um, big with the surrounding community. That's, yeah, you know, if you can if you can find yourself in the local newspaper entertainment section as the go to, that's mm-hmm. pretty that's pretty sweet. That's that's pretty pretty cool. It's it's uh, it's funny because I I forget who I was talking to, but there was a I'm I'm you know the music scene in Cleveland is very tight, very connected. Um, musicians who are doing this full time, we all look out for each other, we all support each other, and someone was t- someone was uh, a friend of mine they wanted to hire him to play like his their kid's birthday party and he looked at me and go, oh no no that's jesse friedrich's thing you gotta talk to him <laughs> <laughs> like i'm not encroaching on that territory well nice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I felt like um walter white of children's musicians I'm like, get off my turf exactly. uh, <laughs> you're doing it wrong you're doing it wrong get out of my ter- yeah okay out of my territory yeah <laughs> exactly don't buy all your music gear at the same place <laughs> what are you doing okay there's got to be an awesome youtube series of breaking bad meets children's musicians i again that's i'm giving it. away free ip no, we're doing it we're doing it that's it it just started that's it okay all right i'm in i'm in i'll start writing it out okay um but yeah i love it i'll have to get myself a little pork pie hat and um, if you can grow like a goatee, if you want to be the, you could be the, if you want to be the Jesse, I feel like you'd be good. <laughs> Sorry. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think who, who gets out of that one alive unscathed. No one. No Unscathed. Yeah. Wal- Walter Jr. Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. He, 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 if I recall, he eats a lot of breakfast and which I'm really good at. I like breakfast so, too. Yeah. yeah. All right. Maybe we'll just maybe 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 we'll just do a breakfast show instead. Just eating <laughs> breakfast like and, it seems and like, hanging out. That'd be much more on point for a, for children's musicians. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, we should do Breaking Bad or make breakfast. What do you think, kids? Which way should we go today? 
Breakfast it is. Okay, breakfast for and, and, and then I think we can just like go to the kitchen, just eat breakfast in real time. Uh-huh. You know, just we'll show us us pouring, you know, mm-hmm. making the eggs and the pancakes and we'll just See, if I was going if I'm going to do like my uh, Facebook shows or something like that, that's that's what I would do. That would be like, "Hey kids, today we're going to go out to the chicken coop and get the eggs. And then we're going to eat the eggs. <laughs> and see you tomorrow." <laughs> be it, yeah. But I think that could be really entertaining if done in the right light, though. Yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's a cool I, thing about this genre. You can do that without, you know, you can you could actually do that in a way that was fun. Yeah. And, and pull it off. So you've got three albums out now, right? Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> cool. Because uh, the first one was uh, Jesse's Jukebox. That was uh, 2012. And then it was yeah. 2017, uh, Jesse's Jukebox, The Revenge of the Giant Godzilla That Ate Cleveland. Nope. <laughs> no, it was Jesse's Jukebox, Jukebox, There's Music Everywhere. There's music everywhere. You can understand how I got those confused. And then, of but, and you just released another one then, yes? Yeah. Yeah. Um, back in January, Good I released a uh, great timing. <laughs> great timing to release that. <laughs> Because you knew, right? Oh yeah, you work on an album all... for a year because you know that it's like that's that. Yeah, okay. So yeah, what? that's exactly. What was exactly. it? What, what's it called? It's called Awesome. Awesome. Exclamation point. <gasps> awesome. Good. And what's it? What's it about? Um. Well, this. It's about my experience in life, ADD. Um, I went a completely different route with this record too. Um, for the first two, well, for the first two albums, I was still didn't have my Jesse jukebox persona yet as much. Like I didn't have the name. I was still going by Jesse Friedberg and Jesse's jukebox. My idea of like, Oh, if I had a children's television show, like that's what I would call it. Oh yeah. Um, like a, but, and so those first two albums are made under that title. And the first one is pretty straightforward. Eight songs, just songs. But I was working with a producer. His name is Michael Seifert. He is one of the, he is a genius. Like he is just someone that I really respect. Um, He's not a children's musician, um, but he is just really a great ear for making albums i worked with him my hazard ams record so it was natural for me to work with him on my first children's album he his claim to fame is um bone thugs and harmony Mm -hmm. um and uh, like founds of wayne regina specter i can't a few others i can't think of right now um but anyway so we had this idea of like oh it'd be really cool if like we had like you know a story in between songs so that all the songs are kind of coherent um, we didn't do it on the first one, but then the second one, there's music everywhere. We made a whole story. There's like the first track is called like full adventure and it's like sound effects and, uh, soundscapes and, and, and little theme music and voice actors, me and, and a former student of mine and his daughter, we just, and we made this whole crazy story and it's super fun. Um, but I wanted to branch out a little bit. And so my friends from, uh, for the third album, my friend, Andrew, uh, from Roly Poly Guacamole. Oh, um, really? Oh, cool. Do you know them? I'm uh, tangent. I know some of the music. There. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. There. Uh, Andrew and I went to Berkeley. We met at Berkeley. 
Oh, right on. Mm-hmm. And he actually, uh, he did not, he did not finish Berkeley, which is like the true sign of a successful music. You don't finish Berkeley. <laughs> Those are the ones that actually actually make it. Um, so he, you know, he didn't end up finishing Berkeley, but I remember he was like, you know, Hey, I'm like starting to play music for kids and I'm making these real fun songs with uh, my friend Frank. And, and I was like, okay, cool. You know, that's, that's a, that's a way to go. And then, Next thing, you know, 10 years later, like, oh, we're both doing kids music now. So anyways, he was like, you got to hook up with this guy, Dean Jones. Um, He is just a genius. He's super kids music industry. He's awesome. Here's his his email. And so him and I just started talking and we hit and Dean and I hit it off like right on, you know, we were like, so he invited me to come record at his barn in New York Mm -hmm. and uh, which was like studio ever. He made this he made this um, studio out of hay bales mm-hmm. to like hold in the ground and then he like covered it with plaster. It was, it was so cool. Um, so we worked on awesome. And the entire time we were working on this record, I came in there with like, I think I came in there with three or no, four completed songs. One song I had to try to finish up while I was there. I was hoping to get inspired by being out there. And one, I just wrote, at my hotel, like while I was staying there. Mm-hmm. Um, but we kept being like, you know, this, we were talking about like, you know, we're talking about our past experiences. We're talking about childhood. I grew up with ADHD. And when I was a kid, I just never felt like I fit in. I, I, I found myself like easily frustrated with tasks I didn't want to do in the first place and finding it to be like anything to be wanting. Like even now as an adult, like I'll like, it, so like, even like, let's say we're doing this, you know, I'm using our, 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 our podcast an example is like, you know, if I had to, you're like, Hey, can you send me an email of a M3? And I'm like, and most, I think a lot of people go, Oh, okay. I send an email to Camboy Andy of, a, of an MP3. And, and like, I go, okay, I can do this first. I have to get on my computer. Oh, and then I got to find the right song. Oh, and then I got to make sure it's an MP3. And then I got to find his email. And then, Oh my God, this is becoming too big of a task for me. I, I just, but, you know, as an adult and, you know, as you go through life, you start to train yourself to kind of handle those switches. Um, but anyway, so we and we started calling this album D album. We were like, because we were like, it has like this ADD vibe to it. I was like, you know, like when I was a kid, like I just talk all the time, gets overly excited about everything. And like we started putting like little like it, even in the songs, like it was just so loose how we would like record the song. So like even like during, you know, we'd be doing live vocal takes and Dean would just be yelling like, hi, it's me. <laughs> like <laughs> while I'm doing like, a, like a, trying to do a, a, a vocal take. And then like, you know what? We're keeping it in because it's fun. Yeah. It, it, it's authentic to the album. And um, so like every song has like this like ADD theme to it. Like the title track, awesome. Like it's not like, I don't, I didn't, I didn't try to make it so on the nose because I don't, I want, it's still an album for everybody and mm-hmm. it's still an album for anyone can enjoy it. Um, but finding that confidence and finding that treasure map in you to what is it that makes you awesome? What are the things around the world that make you awesome? And I mean, you've heard the song. I spout out a lot of different stuff <laughs> that I find yeah. awesome. Um, There's a lot of awesome things in that song. Oh, thanks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I mean, macaroni and cheese is awesome. You know, I mean, dogs are awesome like yeah anyways you've heard the song there's there's tons of awesome stuff it's funny because one of the um i've done a couple interviews down they always go 
what other things do you find awesome? And I'm like, uh, <sighs> now I have to think about other stuff. I- Look, the song is like a minute 45. <laughs> it could have been two and a half if I would have thought of more awesome things. Maybe exactly. that's, is that not enough? Is it yeah. not? Uh, <laughs> what more do you people want? No, but I'm always happy to do it because turn it's fun. Her, turn, like- you turn it back around on them. Well, do you think the song is awesome? Just play it again. <laughs> Just keep playing it. Put it on auto repeat. There uh, you go. And, and that's and that's how I should be doing. That's the marketing I need to be thinking about. <laughs> hey, you no, know, what always, gonna, you know what we're gonna do right now? We're gonna play the song "Awesome." All right. Awesome, you are awesome. Macaroni and cheese is awesome. Polar bears on skis are awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I am awesome, you are awesome. Backflips in the air are awesome. The way you comb your hair is awesome. It is just so awesome. So many boys and girls being awesome around the world. And no matter what you do, find what's Are awesome. Dunks and three-point shots are awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I am awesome, you are awesome. Five foot pancake stacks are awesome. Popping bubble wrap is awesome. It is just so awesome. Next time you feel down, think of all the awesome things around. It's a big world out there with so much awesome stuff out there. Running all the words to your favorite song. A pizza three feet long Catching a glimpse of a shooting star The very first bite of a candy bar Super catchy melody Your favorite movie in 3D Astronauts, acrobats, shiny shoes New backpacks, nothing perfect That's okay, we're awesome anyway I am awesome, you are awesome We are awesome, they are awesome Awesome work for awesome, 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 awesome I am awesome, you are awesome Awesome part of being awesome Anyone can do be awesome We can all be awesome I when I heard that song, I didn't realize that it had Dean Jones' thumbprint DNA ah, on it. He's all over the album, yeah. But then now, once you said that, I was like, "Oh, sure, there you go. Yeah, that's it. I can yeah. hear it. I can hear what he does to bring things out of musicians, and that's yes. why he's multi Grammy winning, awesome." Mm-hmm. That's why he's Dean Jones. That's why he's that's the why he's Dean player. Jones. Did he play and trombone he, for you? He did. Uh, we have one song on there called "I Want to Learn," and uh, and he played trombone. I had like this line in my head. I was like, "Oh, I really want to hear this on something. I don't know what." And Dean's like, "How about a trombone?" I'm like, "Do you?" And I didn't even know he played trombone. I was like, "You play trombone?" He's like, "Uh, yeah." <laughs> I'm like, oh, yes. oh, oh, cool. Just come on. We'll we'll Riker the whole thing. It'll be awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah is. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, his musicianship, it, he, ah, it's so hard to describe with Dean because he, he's so talented and s- thinks in such a cool way, but like not in an, but he's not intimidating about it. Where like you feel like you're his, you're his equal. Hmm. And I think those are the best musicians. Like even if there's someone who, if they're, you know, technically better 
chops or whatever, but they're able to make you feel like they're equal. Hmm. I think that's such an amazing gift that I've honestly, like just from being at Berkeley, I've not met many musicians who are like that Mm -hmm. because everyone I met at Berkeley was better at me. That's kind of the mentality. Hmm. Um, But Dean had a way of bringing out that, you know, bring out that creativity in you and then capturing it on a microphone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, yeah, it was, it was a really cool experience. He does seem to be unique in the sense that everybody that uh, every musician that I talk to who's worked with him is uh, always feels that, like there's this, that value added thing mm-hmm. that happens. Yeah. Um, how do you think it is with you? Growing up with ADD, like you said, that's mm-hmm. and, and your ability to empathize and identify with folks, children and adults who who experience that in the same way that maybe you go to someone like Dean who gets it at a certain very specific personal level and they mm-hmm. can bring more to the performance. Mm-hmm. How does that impact the way that you approach performing? I think I've developed a lot of patience um, because I see the kids at every show who are highly energetic, who are trying so hard to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. I guess this is more in a classroom setting. Like I think about like when I was a teacher or um, when I'm, do- when I was doing my in-person music classes for preschools and so many children who it was really frustrating for them because they they were not understood um it, i think that like you know what am i trying to say here you can tell that they want to do what they think is the right thing what behavior wise you know what um I should be listening to Jesse or Mr. Friedberg when I was a teacher. I should be listening to Mr. Friedberg, but I'm like, I, I have to, I have to, I have to investigate over there because I see like some, some, uh, a little drawing on the desk and I have to, I have to know what, what's, what's on that desk. And I, I have to pick at this kid's uh, jeans because there's a loose thread on it. I, I just have to see it. And, and then you reprimand them because they're not doing what they should be doing and they feel bad. And then you feel bad and you don't. And and then they're learning like, Oh, like whatever these things about me are that I can't help are wrong. Mm -hmm. And I, and, and and I am, I try so hard to teach, to show children like those aren't, those things don't make you wrong. You know, there's, there's people who do things like that intentionally. You know, there's people who want to hurt people intentionally and those people are wrong, Mm -hmm. but, but you want to be authentic to yourself. You want to be the true person you are. And sometimes that's, it's going to not be understood the right way. I am your friend. I am your ally. I am here to tell you, like, I understand because I am you and I do those things. And I think to hone that energy and to harness it, you can then become what it is that makes you awesome. Like the song. Mm-hmm. If that. That's great. I mean, just being able to identify, well, being able to, in that one sense, identify that behavior for what it is. 
that it isn't intentionally disruptive, say. And then to move through empathy to a point of resolution, that's um, that's a, a very unique gift that I don't have because... It certainly does not, you know... Well, it doesn't happen overnight. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it's not, it's not, it's, 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 and, and even like, I, I mean, when I, even when I was, when I was a full-time teacher, I mean, once, I mean, I have like one student in my mind who I always think about because I worked with him for an entire year to get him from, which he, I mean, it wasn't that he was diagnosed with ADHD. I think he, and I would not be surprised. Um, but getting him from one point in the year of being like having no control over his behavior and his actions, knowing so hard he wants to do the right thing, but just didn't have it in him to do it to then seeing him at the end of the school year. And, and he made such change. He still acted out. He still did things he wasn't supposed to do, but he was able to be more aware of it. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I was like, cool. I did my job. <laughs> I, I, you know, so, so yeah, I think it's, it's a really valuable gift to have, um, not gift. I think anyone could do it. It's just developing that skill. Hmm. Um, and as a children's musician, other musicians, I think taking 10 minutes before you play your show or play or do your, um, class or birthday party, or whatever it is that you're doing and just scan the crowd and scan the, you know, see who are the children that are sitting and waiting? Those kids are really good at being good. And that's something to value. But then there's the kids who are like, I'm going to be good at being wild. And I think kind of like being ready for it makes a big difference. And just understanding that like kids are kids and kids are not evil. <laughs> kids <laughs> kids are going to do what they're going to do. And I think having the understanding, I mean, I'm lucky that I can have because I am them. I am that crazy kid at the birthday party who's spinning and circles their arms stretched out, like knocking out every other kid by accident. You know, I, I am him. I am him or her. Like I am that that child. It's easier for me to identify it. But yeah, I think taking that time to really take a moment to get to know your to get to know those kids it makes a big difference. Wow, is it's one of those things about being a kid's musician that you do have to take those things into consideration. The next level. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes it's enough to try and be able to find a way to patiently just communicate to parents. Hey, like in a, like an outdoor gig, like not in a classroom setting. Hey, you know what would be really cool is if your children didn't come and put their head inside the bubble machine, that would be really helpful. Hey, you know what? We love the fact that your kids love to play music, but they can't play with my amp. So Mm -hmm. could somebody take Judy here and, you know, (laughs) return to the, to the crowd? What you're talking about is a whole next level of emotional engagement, emotional mm-hmm. perspective, which can also be every time I add one of those to whether it's uh, social justice or uh, trying to uh, appreciate some of the racial tensions that are going mm-hmm. on right now. Or, uh, you know, you can see sometimes, unfortunately, you can see some cases of like domestic violence that are going on. Mm-hmm. Or you get these suspicions when you see the way that some parents treat their kids in the crowd when the kid acts out and it's really challenging for me on stage 
emotionally sometimes to be up there singing and trying to perform for like 50 kids, but mm-hmm. seeing that that one kid over there gets a swat from their parent and not, yeah. not, not feeling obligated to stop the show and say, hey, you know, it's never okay to, kid a, to hit a kid because right. that's where I come from. Mm-hmm. And so what you're talking about, what, it's, what it feels like, it's a whole other um, responsibility and level of engagement when you get to that level of sensitivity. Yeah. To look out yeah. and say, it isn't just that they're, you know, having too good of a good time or mm-hmm. but it's that there's something's going on here that they can't control that I'm going to help them with. Yeah. I think it's, yeah. It's that. And then also it's sometimes like, or they're just a kid and they're just, you know, and they're just going to be a little crazy because they are a kid. And that's totally fine too. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, their kids are going to be kids. Um, yeah. I, but I feel you on what you just said about, you know, when you're looking out in the crowd and you see a parent making a bad choice mm-hmm. and what do you do? I've been in that situation myself and I'm, unfortunately I just, I kept playing because I'm like, you know what, what what am I going to do? Like, I'm not that kid's parent. They're that parent. They're, you know, like what, what can, you know, so I, I found, yeah. So what you just said there actually stuck out to me because I've been there. Uh, I think that anybody who spends any time on stage eventually will get there. I would hope so. I mean, because it does require, require at least a certain amount of awareness that you see Mm -hmm. what's going on and that you can say that's not cool. Yeah. Uh, I want to just uh, briefly circle back yeah. to something that you said in the very beginning about country music. Oh, yeah. And um, so what? why don't you t- tell me a little bit about maybe some of the influences, the country music influences that you you had back in the back in your days in Berkeley or, you know, where, back where, in the Berkeley days, back in the Berkeley days uh, or where, you know, what was that, <laughs> what was that sort of alt country? You, you listed a few adjectives to describe them, but, but who were you listening to? Um, I was, and I still listen to these people. Um, I have always been more of a fan of the alternative country scene, the out country scene, like uh, Johnny Cash, Merle Haggard, um, Steve Earle, I'm a very big Wilco fan, mm. um, especially of their earlier stuff, which has like all these like alt country roots in it. And those those people um, inspired me uh, to become a songwriter because mm-hmm. um, I would do it a little bit when I was younger and like I, I sucked because everyone does when you're first starting to be creative is mm. you suck yeah. and you continue to suck until you someday you're like, oh, I don't suck. Um, but you know, which is, I also like, but anyway, I will, I will, I will hold another tangent, but anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So those, those artists, um, you know, I, uh, been really into like Bob Dylan's like Nashville skyline album, like, uh, Nashville skyline bands, like in general to me, like the session players mm-hmm. who live in Nashville, who go into, go on a Randy Jackson album, even though I don't necessarily listen to him all the time hearing the band like just do their thing it's their chops are so impressive and I, I would love to make a children's uh country album at some point i think that would be super new. 
Um, but th- but that's kind of the thing that that strikes me, and this is what I've been I've been chasing this idea for a while. I've been asking folks every once in a while. I, there are no, as far as I can tell, as far as I've been able to uncover, there are no country music children's musicians. Every once in a while, there'll be a country singer who does a kid's song, but it's usually <clears> like, you know, them doing. The, one of their own songs with a bunch of kids. Right. Even like Dolly Parton. Like, right. Uh, you know, and Johnny Cash, he released um, a children's album, but it wasn't mm-hmm. like a kid's album. It was like Johnny right. Cash singing songs for kids. So, and in modern country, I haven't found anybody in this market. There's a lot of jazz. There's a lot of, you know, there's mm-hmm. now some cool hip hop that's going on a lot of sort of classic oh rock, absolutely tons of folk 90 percent of it is just acoustic mm-hmm. singer songwriter folk music but um but no children's musicians in the country market which if i'm not mistaken is the largest market of music in the united states right yeah and they're not doing they don't none of the labels none of them what what do you think <sighs> about this what's the deal <laughs> i don't know i i think children's music I think the children's musicians who are doing this when it comes to the writing part or the style of the music you're playing is I think it's very easy for people who don't work in children's music to, if they're like, we're told, Hey, we have to record a kid song and say like, okay, it's for kids. So whatever, we'll put a guitar. This is the drum song. This is the guitar song. This is our, this is our, uh, you know, our boogie song or whatever. But for those of us who do this, I mean, you and I included, you, we know that like, yeah, but it has to be like every song that you write has to be like the greatest song a child has ever heard. It has to be amazing. It has to be awesome. Mm-hmm. And so you start to, I, for, for me, I'm like, okay, like that means if I, if I was a kid and I would think my songs are awesome, I'm making them super quirky and I'm putting in like really fun keyboard parts and I'm like making it a little crazy, but also like at the same time down to earth because I can smell BS. So I, I I don't, you know? Um, But I guess like I haven't done that with country because I don't know. I, my, the country ish songs that I write have always been super sad. (laughs) and so i don't i just haven't found like the the country version of that yet i am striving to but like i i did like you know for my first album for jesse's jukebox like i had like country elements in a couple of the songs you know like i had um like a pedal steel guitar Mm -hmm. on uh one of the songs and like with like a like a super like c to g chord melody with uh with like you know kind of like a a rhythm that I felt like, Oh, I could see like Merle Haggard, like picking out this rhythm. But like, then I, you layer it on with a bunch of other stuff and it kind of gets lost. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I wish I had the answer of why there's not a whole lot of country music in, in the children's kindy genre. I'm, I mean, if someone's listening to this out there and is doing that, I want to meet them. Oh, you know, I, I, I totally want yeah. to see this country music association. Like the, as far as the recording Academy and the Grammys, you know, they've got the children's album mm-hmm. genre uh, category. Mm-hmm. They don't have it in the country music association. No. And it's like, 
it seems to me, it would just, it would just seem to me to be like almost a given. Maybe it's, I don't know if it's instrumentation. We all kind of use the same instruments. Like you say, pedal steel. I put a lot of mm-hmm. fiddle on mine and I definitely right. have, uh, you know, a couple of train Johnny yeah. Cash, um, Mm-hmm. Um, feel yeah, I've, shuffles I've listened. Stuff, I've or? listened to your music, which I like, by the way, very much. Oh, and uh, oh yeah, of course. I and I, I do. I do hear you know what you're talking about. You have like these little country elements. Um, I was thinking of the song. Um, oh, I was just listening to it yesterday. Why? The oh, song why? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I really like that song. By the way, I was. I think it's so funny because you're like, you know, like why is this guy? And then you have like your little answers in between. I thought that was like super, I thought that was super fun. It reminded me of something like, I'm like, Oh, this is something that like I would want to record, you know? <laughs> but I, yeah, I mean, but there are those like little rhythmic guitar chops. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was your intention or not, but I remember hearing stuff like that, you know? But so I think like, you know, with children's musicians, whatever you're, influences are and some people are able to translate it directly mm-hmm. like i'm in hip-hop so i'm gonna make a hip-hop kids album and that transition that that translation can be done like if you're good at it can be done fairly seamlessly mm-hmm. um but it's something about like country music i don't know it's like or like even like people who are more like into like if it's like garage rock or whatever your thing is like you you probably have like the foundation is there, but then you build on top of it and maybe it kind of gets lost. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's a matter of finding the right producer. Like if you went Mm -hmm. to Dean Jones and you said, I want to do modern country children's music. I got 10 songs. Mm -hmm. And and in a way you could say, maybe it might be, it is, maybe it is content. Maybe you want to sing more about the 4-H county fairs, Riding in the truck with your grandpa, mm-hmm. going catfish fishing on a Saturday afternoon. Maybe those, you know, kind of stereotypical um, elements of country. Then mm-hmm. when you when you turn on the radio and they're like, "Oh yeah, look, it's another truck song." You know, right. it's another. I'm going down with my baby to do some fun tonight. We're gonna go have some fun tonight, type stuff. Right. Like, okay. Good. That's the hook. I get it. Uh, so there's that. And then there's also the, just the music, the feel of it is different. Mm-hmm. Find the right, if you can find the right producer, who's like, yeah, we do, we do country music here. We got both, right. both kinds of music, country and Western. Then maybe that's where it would have to start. And it doesn't. And then any song you could just dump into it and be like, okay, just, mm-hmm. cu- just country fry it up. Yeah. I mean, that could be what it takes, you know, maybe it takes a trip to now and when this is all over and, you know, and, Cowboy Andy and the Skyline Salamander Band, you know? <laughs> Maybe. I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's curious to me. And someone, someone, um, you know, where you, because, um, yeah, when I was a kid, I got a, a guitar on a plastic horse and I think I was three or four and I was like, I want to be Johnny Cash. Like, I don't want to be like Johnny oh, Cash. Oh, really? I want to be Johnny Cash. I thought I could grow up oh, that's and awesome, be him. Son. Yeah. So that's, and that's, that's, you know, that was a heavy part, Willie Nelson and Johnny Cash and, Oh, all right on. They're all part of my, that's, you know, that's part of my uh, foundation, that's, music foundation. That's your, so. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I love that stuff. When I was a kid, I wanted to be uh, Pete Townsend. Oh, I sure. wanted to, uh, I wanted to, um, <laughs> I wanted to not be the front man, but I wanted to be the, the really cool guitar player who writes all the songs. 
I thought yeah. that was like the coolest thing ever. That's like what attracted me to him. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, because I used to assume that like a band would be like the lead singer writes all the songs. And mm-hmm. I always found songwriting so cool. So I'm like, oh, the lead singer writes all the songs. And I was like, oh, wait, the, the guy who plays guitar, the one who writes all the songs. That's so what? <laughs> I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> that's I don't. OK, so who else does that? Well, uh, um, there's a few um, Fall Out Boy. I think that Pete Wentz, the bass player, he writes all the lyrics uh-huh. to the band. I mean, I know there's others. I just can't think of it, you know. But I always, but I think that I always have such a, I always find it people are able to write a song and like even professional songwriters who that's what they do and then are able to go, okay, you sing it. <laughs> like I want you to interpret it mm-hmm. like an act, like a writer, like a screenwriter giving a script to an actor, you know, how are they going to interpret it? Dolly mm-hmm. Parton, when she wrote, you know, I'll always love you, right. which is an incredible song. And then, and then Whitney Houston made it what even it is bigger. today. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Even bigger. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I, uh, man, it's the, uh, so many things we could talk for hours, man. I I'm know. The heck out of this. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, gonna have to, I'm gonna have you back on. Hey, are you gonna submit yeah. your album to the Grammys? You're gonna try and go for. Uh, you're gonna try and do that. Uh, am I eligible to? I I did, didn't did even you know release I could an album. <laughs> I I did. Yeah. Oh my god. I just <laughs> I took your podcast and me to go. Oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> I have not even honest. I have not even thought about it. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna do it. Why not? So you have to be a member of the academy. You have to know somebody okay. who's who's a professional, and then they can submit it for you. And oh. then yeah, then you just go through the. You should really check out my podcast on the Grammys hmm, with Justin you have Roberts. A pod- my goodness, uh, it's going to be my driving uh, podcast. I listen to when I get in my car now in a few minutes. Cool. Okay, so listen to that one, and then listen to okay. the other podcast um, where I talk to uh, Jack Foreman of Recess Monkey, and he does the Kids Place Live. Oh, cool. Yeah, uh, and talk because he's a he was he's a Grammy nominated uh, performer as well. So yeah, listen to the Justin Roberts, and then listen to Jack Foreman, and you'll get both ends of the uh, Grammy Dude. universe. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I can't I can't wait, man. Jesse, I gotta say thank you so much for coming on Barn Banter. We talked about way more than I thought we were going to, <laughs> which was really super fun. Totally, totally it was went, it was awesome oh so cool yeah and i want to have you back on yeah. in a few months i'd like to hear I, i'd like you to think about this as you go through the process okay. of as we come out of this pandemic and mm-hmm. things start to now i'm doing the air quotes normalize <laughs> um, sure you know transitioning from not none of us doing anything online to well, that's all we're doing mm-hmm. and then that blended experience that that asynchronous learning experience of how do both of these come mm. together? I'm yeah. very curious to get you back on to talk to you about what, what your experience is re-entering the scene and I love and to for, for, you know, and, and, and how much of this you're going to keep going forward with. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd love to, I'm curious what's going to happen. So right. I'm excited to hopefully see <laughs> what happens here. But yeah. I'd love to come back on and talk about it. Right on. It'd be awesome. So um, for other children's musicians who maybe you said something and they're like, oof, I really want to learn more about that. How can they get a hold of you or, or listen to your music? How can they find you? Um, well, listen to my music. It's available on Spotify, Amazon, 
uh, music, Apple, Apple Music, wherever it is you stream, if you want to check it out. Um, you can find me on Facebook, Jesse Jukebox, J-E-S-S-E, Jukebox. Um, I do my live streams there or just send me a message. Um, Instagram, just that one is Jesse's Jukebox because I made the ty- I made the handle and they won't let you change it even after I cha- rebranded myself. So it's that's J E S S E S Jukebox. Um, but yeah, feel free to reach out. I'd love to chat. I, even if you were like, oh, what he said was, I that graded with me. I didn't like that. Then I, I'd be happy to talk about it too. So. <laughs> That's always the best. Don't. It's always yeah. hate mail is always my favorite because it, yeah, gives, well, I, it gives back. It gives back. Exactly. No, no, no. And not, not even the hate mail, but like, you know, Jesse, I've been doing this. For, I want someone to be like, Hey, I've been doing this for 25 years. And what you just said there is not right. And I, and I, I want to learn. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, you know, I mean, I hope that whoever else is listening to this is people with experience as well, who can chime in and, and educate me because. That's what we're all trying to do. That is so cool. Hey, maybe I'll see you at Kindycom. You gonna go? Yeah. Next. Year? I was I was supposed to be there uh, this this year, it was but gonna uh, be my first. So. Oh I yeah. Was, I was super excited. It's I so I went to when it was Kindy Fest. Ooh, like, you old school. Yeah, I, that, and with Stacy Peasley, who sure. um, okay, yeah, you know, she was like, "You should come." So I said, "Okay," and it was it was it was a blast. We uh, we had a good. I had a great time. Um, but I was really looking forward to this year. But you know what? Next year, man, I'll see you there. That sounds good. I should probably get Stacy on the show. You absolutely should. What, what, she is. What should we talk about? What should I talk to her about? Um, I would talk to her about running. The I would talk to her about the business side mm. of 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 music. I think she's. You know, I've learned a lot watching her run a music for Aardvarks franchise. And she actually, I reached out to her when I started doing my virtual classes. I was like, hey, how are you doing this? Like, what's your what's your system here? And, and you know, she's she's just a, a, a well of knowledge. Um, she's super and she's super fun and super nice. Yeah, I, I, I would definitely have, recommend you you bring her on the show. Does, do you have any totally embarrassing thing that you could tell me? About her, about Stacy. Uh, oh, I wish. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, she she has clean six slates. Oh, really? Yeah, right. <laughs> Let's talk about those. Yeah, I want like a gotcha interview about like her six toes. No, yeah. I, I, uh, no, I when wish. I have her on, that's what I'll say. I'll say, "Hey, I was talking to Jesse. He said that you have six toes. Is this true?" I would love no, yeah, no, okay. no. You know, if you ever, you know, I mean, you should have her on. You should get Dean on if you. Ha- I don't know if Dean's been on your podcast. Yeah, yet. Dean and I had a really fun chat. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah. I have to listen to it. I gotta check it out. Yeah, he's silly. Uh, it was, I, I caught him. I was probably way too silly for him. For, for oh, minute. there's no, there's no way, there's no way, dude. It was an uphill <laughs> battle. No I tried really hard. <laughs> you can't out silly him. No, I don't. <laughs> All right, Jesse. Hey, thanks, man, so much for your time. Yeah, man. Talk to you later. Absolutely, man. All right. Oh, let's sing a song about how we're all the same How we all like snacks and cuddles and we all like playing games We all like to be hung and loved up in our beds at night Call or small, boy or girl, brown, pink or black or white Oh, 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 let's sing a song about how we're all the same How we all like snacks and cuddles Small boy or girl, brown, pink or black
insane Well, we all like snacks and cuddles And we all like playing games We all like to be hugged and loved Tucked in our beds at night Tall or small, 